If you'd like to experience Forward in a whole new way beyond this podcast, we invite you to check out the Forward Mentor Program. The upcoming fall session is now open for mentees to sign up and begin the process of getting matched with a mentor. This 10-week program connects Christian women in the workplace with mentors who share their beliefs and mentor-mentee pairs are hand-picked according to the mentee's goals and current hurdles they'd like help getting over. To sign up for the fall session of the Forward Mentor Program, visit forwardwomen.org mentor. The deadline to sign up for the fall session is Friday, September 2nd. This is Driven Forward, Influential Leaders Powered by God's Will, hosted by me, Jordan Johnstone. The influential leader we will learn from this month is Aaron Weideman. Performance-driven from a young age, but also fiercely guarded, Aaron shares how her dream of a college softball scholarship dictated every step of her school years, while her faith grew less significant until it faded away completely during her high school years. But God still had plans to use Aaron, and when he had her attention, incredible things began to fall into place. Let's listen now as Aaron begins to share her story. So my first question for you, uh, you, let's say, get on an elevator <laughs> and you meet somebody for the first time, you've only got like a 30 second elevator ride that you're able to introduce yourself. What do you say that will make sure that they will remember you? Oh, that's such a good question. Is this going <laughs> into the 30 side? Okay, focus. All right. Um, hi, my name is Erin Weideman. I am the co-founder of Truth Becomes Her and the author of the Bible Bells book series, I am a cancer survivor, a wife, a mom, a strategic kingdom leader, and somebody who prioritizes the gospel professionally, personally, in every way I can. <laughs> so you know, 30 seconds. Yeah, Great. you've got just, you know, a few things that you've, you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I would love to, let's share, let's go back to like the very beginning of you. Um, growing up, where would you say that home was for you? Home was in Southern California in a tiny little town called Orange, where my family grew up. My parents met in sixth grade at a school church combo that my sister and I also attended. And home for me was a safe space, an awesome place to see my family and my siblings uh, interacting together. It was a place where I learned everything I know that has shaped the whole of me. Um, and I am grateful to my parents for everything that they showed me and created inside our home. Hmm. So you mentioned that that's kind of how it shaped you. So was there anything else about that city that you look back now and you go, oh yeah, I can totally attribute this to that, you know, growing up there, this, this definitely shaped me in this way. Yeah, I think, um, just our neighborhood was Mm -hmm. a welcoming place, uh, our church community, growing up and uh, just finding friends and meaningful relationships for me that worked its way out on the softball field. Mm. I started playing competitive softball right around the age of 12, but right up until that several, several years, I just was, you could find me on a softball field uh, or really just enjoying sports outside, which growing up in California affords you the chance to be outside Mm. a lot, which was awesome. It sounds like maybe that's where like the competitiveness, maybe a little bit started to come in <laughs> for you. Is that where you're driving nah. from? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would definitely characterize the younger me as an ultra competitive person. Mm. I really thought early that this is what I need to build my value on. 
I uh, can be impressive if I do well in school and sports. And I built the foundation of my life on those external things Mm. uh, right up until, you know, graduating high school and getting a full scholarship to play softball at Penn State, which was amazing. Moved across the country with my family Mm. and uh, then graduated and lost everything I'd built my identity on. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, we will unpack that for sure. I was walking kind of a weird path at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, so what was your favorite childhood memory? Like you think back and you go, oh yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. So many, I think taking trips with my family, mm-hmm. I really have so many fond memories of going to the lake and going to the snow and just mm-hmm. experiencing the outdoors and interacting with my family uh, and enjoying their company and seeing, being in nature I think those are some of my sweetest memories. You know, we did house, houseboat trips and water skiing oh. and snow ski trips and that kind of stuff. That That's kind of awesome. stuff. But, yeah. Man, the West Coast has such cool things. <laughs> I'm, over, we, I'm over on the East we Coast. Also, like, we, we can't we go to all those different things. We left the West Coast a couple of years ago and moved to <laughs> Northwest Montana. So ah. we, we took ourselves out of the extreme vacation sun environment yeah. and went into the the winter vacation <laughs> environment, which is amazing and very oh. different. Oh yeah, I bet. Well, so what was the hardest lesson then kind of on the flip side of that, that you learned as a child? Yeah, the hardest one was definitely, you know, we had so many great memories. My family's amazing. I never learned to let people in or Mm -hmm. lean on anybody emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I really saw that play out when I was diagnosed at 26 with cancer for the first time. Mm -hmm. I just was so lost on a level I can't really effectively explain. I just had learned to stuff my emotions. I felt really uncomfortable about what I was going through. My Mm -hmm. mom walked every step of the journey with me. My dad, like everyone was so supportive, Mm -hmm. but I just found myself really struggling to lean in and allow people to care and come alongside me. And I just missed developing, you know, deep relationships where you've got to lean, you know, the people around you are the people Mm -hmm. to lean on when you're going through something hard. Yeah. Now, growing up, you mentioned, obviously, softball was a big part of what you did. Um, So was that what you would say was your biggest dream growing up? Or did you kind of have other plans in mind? That's such a good question. I don't think I could really see past Mm -hmm. that goal. Like I remember believing in high school, okay, like my, my goal is to get a college softball scholarship. Mm. I'm not going to pay for school. Never mind. What am I going to study and what am I going to do after? And let's start <laughs> thinking about the adulting kinds of things you would think about. Right. But I was just set on if I can get this scholarship, honestly, that it would be impressive. It would be something cool I could share with people. And I would, mm. you know, jettison myself out of my parents' home and just kind of go off and do my own thing. Um, and have that under my belt as something that would impress people. And I did, I paid no attention to what would happen post educational experience that first time around for my undergrad and, um, found myself lost in that season, you know, just graduating Mm -hmm. and going, okay, I don't have sports. I don't have academics anymore. Where am I going to make money? And I went into finance, which is a career path that is completely, I'm completely ill suited for, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am not that kind of a person, not a financy crunch the numbers mm. kind of a person. I'm an engaging, communicative, storytelling. Mm. I read a dictionary as a child. 
Oh, wow. Which was like a fun <laughs> thing to do. And I just am words oriented. I love mm. language, always have. Yeah. But was very lost in that season post-college, just grasping onto like the temporal view of like, what should I be doing with my life to make money? Mm. So what, I guess in your early years, what did community look like for you? Like what did your friend base look like? Was it easy for you to make friends? I'm assuming with softball, you had teammates. Yeah, definitely easy to make friends. Mm. You know, I was an outgoing person. I was an extrovert. I think emotionally I was a little more guarded, mm. but I found my footing with things like humor and engaging people and, you know, being happy, go lucky and being excited and enthusiastic about the things I was doing. Um, so I feel like I was able to build friendships in that season, mm. not deep, meaningful, emotional ones, but as somebody who everybody liked to hang out with, um, I was surrounded by people, mm. but yeah, also felt very alone again, well, because of yeah. just missing that skill of, inviting someone into your life to experience the real, the real you. Yeah. Do you think that came from just yourself or was it maybe like the way your parents raised you or maybe you just observed them maybe doing it? Like, where do you think that came from? I think a little bit of both, you know, when you mm -hmm. don't see it modeled for you or you don't mm -hmm. have those conversations um, beyond the superficial, like where, you know, how was your day and what are you right. studying in school and that kind of a thing. So I feel like that probably contributed to it. Um, but yeah, not knowing how to cultivate those skills, those, mm. uh, leadership skills, uh, left me lacking in my adult life. And now as a parent, there's something that are top of mind as mm. I'm discipling and relating to each of my kids and just thinking through, okay, how do we connect emotionally? How can I teach you to think and feel deeply that our home is a safe space for you to do that? And, uh, it's the key to building meaningful relationships. Mm. Now was faith part of your early years? Was it there, meaning we left the house and did that and then got <laughs> home and none of it was there? Yes. Um, you know, I went to a little school church combo in my town, mm. same one my parents went to, mm. and I did all the church things. Yeah. I read the Bible. I memorized stories and scriptures. I took all the classes, went to youth group, and then would go home. And there was probably a Bible in a closet somewhere. Mm. nobody was praying. Nobody was discussing faith like that, that where it meant something deep and meaningful in your life. So at 16, I just realized, okay, this is something that we do outside the house and inside the house. We're, we're just too different. We're leading two sort of lives because we're just playing church. And so I walked away from my faith right in the middle of high school mm. and just thought, this isn't for me. I'm not, I'm not going to walk this experience. I'm just going to go out mm. and do my own thing. And it's, I'm not, I don't believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Now, how did your parents feel about that? Or did they notice? The, I don't think they noticed. Uh, again, mm -hmm. it wasn't something that we practiced or talked about at home at all. Yeah. Um, so I just naturally gravitated the other way. Um, and there was no meaningful discipleships happening. So mm. yeah, it, it was just something natural that I think a lot of families are experiencing now too. Oh yeah. Oh, for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, what was it at least two years that nobody actually went to church. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it will be interesting to kind of see how history repeats itself a little bit there. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, how would you say, I know we've talked a little bit about like what you thought about your future and everything, but kind of looking back, how do you think now your upbringing impacted your current career path? 
That's a great question. I feel like what I learned as a young person that hindered me, you know, is something that I'm trying to deal with and have be different as an adult. But there were so many great qualities and lessons that instilled perseverance and mental toughness and fortitude and conscientiousness and taking responsibility and ownership over the things you're saying yes to. Like so much of what was modeled through my parents was positive and is doing such a service to me now as a leader, as a, you know, creator, as a writer, as all, you know, in all of the spheres of influence that I have. Um, gosh, I can't land on one thing in particular. It was just a, a, um, library, I guess, of positive things I learned from my parents because they were hardworking. They were extremely conscientious and just instilled in me. I think the character that I need to serve my community and influential spheres well in this season too. Mm. Now, when you found out you're going to Penn state, what, what did that mean to you? What did that mean to your family? I mean, from my family's perspective, it was like all of the investment that they made to pay for softball <laughs> lessons and <laughs> traveling wow. all over the country and staying in, you know, questionable hotels so I could play in tournaments and you know, recruiting and all of that. Um, everybody had a huge sacrifice to make during many, many years of my softball career prior to going to college. Mm-hmm. Everyone was pumped when I finally achieved what we had all collectively decided was that goal and what they were going to support me working towards. So it was really cool to be able to share that with them and sign my recruiting letter and have a big party with my friends and family. And yeah, it was it meant the world. Next time on Driven Forward, Erin talks about seeing her college full-ride scholarship dream come to fruition, and then after graduation, a rising career was halted by a cancer diagnosis. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. To learn more about Forward, you can visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. Thanks for listening. Many women ask how they can become a member of Forward. Journey Forward is the answer. Forward only exists because of the generosity of the Forward community. When you give your time, talent, and treasure to Forward, you make it possible for more women in the workplace to find their tribe and be empowered to become all God created them to be in work and life. We have a big goal in front of us, to empower 10 million Christian women in the workplace to change the world by 2030, and you have a part to play. Your financial gifts to Forward support the ongoing Forward operations, support services, digital content like this podcast, as well as our outreach and overall mission. Journey Forward is an easy way for every Forward woman to be part of the mission and vision of Forward through recurring donations at one of four giving levels. To learn more about Journey Forward and to find your level, go to forwardwomen.org and click on the Join the Journey tab at the top of the homepage.